0: Hello, everyone, and happy New Year! And also welcome, Scott Johnson.
1: How's it going? I'm good. Welcome to 2020, the year that Patrick and I do an episode of Pixels in the January. <laughs> <month>. <laughs> so it's just
0: like every other year, I suppose. Yeah. Although maybe not in January. No, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know when
1: the last time we did one was, but it
0: certainly wasn't January. Or maybe it was. Oh, the last one. Yes. No. Okay. You're right. You're right. Um, So I'm Patrick Beja and this is Pixels and we talk about games. And oh boy, do we have a a wonderful program for you today because we're going to go over all the things that we know and expect in the world of gaming for 2020. And then we'll have some games we've been playing and then some news. And 2020, let me tell you, Scott Johnson looks Mm. amazing and crazy. Uh, I've dubbed it the Year of Madness, uh, not the Year of Madden. That's that's a different uh, kind of year. Uh, although I guess maybe there will be a Madden uh, this year. There's too? always
1: every every year is Madden is the that's Year of true. Madden. Yeah,
0: which true. does not d- speaks to me probably even less than Pokemon. So that's how little <laughs> I care about the Year of Madness. Uh,
1: the uh, Madden Madden. I used to, I used to care, but back when they had competition, I liked football games because there was a chance that one year another brand would be a better game. And so I could kind of go back and forth and play the best one. And EA was more motivated to innovate. And now they kind of just, they're the only ones. So it's, I, mm. I hate that. So I don't play
0: it anymore. Also, I feel Madden is popular in America and nowhere else, <laughs> but uh, that's an entirely different conversation. Um, th- that year, this year is packed. I mean, packed, especially the first half. The second half is kind of like there's the uh, black hole of June that yep. nothing has gotten out of. We'll uh, talk about that. But first, we're going to go month by month, if that works for you. Sure. And uh, we'll we'll see what we think about each of those. So strap in, get ready for the ride, maybe not a lifetime, but maybe of your day. Maybe that's going to be yeah, the ride BF. of your
1: day. Yeah, of January on this day, this will be the best ride you had. And I would like to just real quick here, shock you real quick by saying... Okay. Uh, my current game obsession, addiction, uh, is Modern Warfare. And I don't know why. I don't you know, know what's happened.
0: You you're, you're just, not the only person who said that. Uh, Call of Duty has really captured a lot of people back, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think they they got back to what the player... Well, they, they got back to their the roots, Um it's the tightest cleanest most polished Mm. beautiful it's ever been and uh the campaign is is back so you get that again the multiplayer has never been better i've just i'm completely swept in i i'm loving it
0: well we'll talk about that in the second part of the show when we talk about the games we've been playing but first but first january 2020 uh here are the releases that are uh, that I noted. There are maybe others uh, that are that are important to you. If they're not mentioned, I apologize. But uh, those are probably on most people's lists. So let's get started. January 9th, which is today, uh, Monster Hunter Iceborne comes to PC. It's already been out on PS4. So, that's maybe less of a huge release. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon comes out in Japan on the 16th and worldwide later this year. That's notable because Yakuza has been kind of those one of those um, under the radar niche following devoted fan base uh, series for a while and gro- uh, increasingly so. And this one is a whole new setting, a new start. So it might be one of those things that uh, catches fire, uh, uh, that transforms the, the series into something much more popular than it's been until now. And then on the 28th, we have Warcraft 3 Reforged, which missed its window of uh, 2019. And so it's coming out just a few weeks late in, uh, on the 28th. So this is January. Scott? What are you looking forward to, if anything?
1: Funny enough, out of all the three you've mentioned, the Yakuza game is the most interesting to me. Now, the fact that yeah. it's coming in Japan first and we don't have the localized US version, I, I can wait for that. But I've gained an appreciation for those games um, In on Steam. Uh, they keep releasing really good versions of those games. Uh, great localization. Uh, they took the original game and remastered it, which was a great way for people to sort of get in and see what this is all about. I guess this new one features turn-based combat, which is a little bit weird for the series. It's known for its uh, its real-time combat, so I'm I'm a little on the fence on that. But uh, I find those Yakuza games super super fascinating and and fun to play and weird as crap and very um, all the kind of the Japanese uh, sensibilities that I love the most in video games all seem to be sort of present in the Yakuza series. So. (laughs) I'm um, actually of all those, I'm more excited about that. People would have guessed, oh, probably Warcraft three. He hasn't played that a long time. Warcraft, and I honestly, I'm having a hard time getting that motivated about Warcraft because a, I played it to death back in the day, and b, uh, I'm I I just am not in an RTS space right now. I just can't get myself to care about it. Yeah, I'm so, sure it's um, a
0: lot of people will will look forward to Warcraft 3, uh, but you're right, Yakuza is such a weird, different thing. It's, for those who don't know, it is a Sega game that kind of inherits a lot from the spirit of... Um, Virtua Fighter. It's actually parts of the same teams. It's the almost the evolution, not really, but it's also a game about, well, the Yakuza, the, the Japanese Mafia, and it's set in a specific uh, neighborhood of Tokyo, which is called uh, Kabuki-cho in real life, but uh, Kamurocho in the game. And it's got this very specific Japanese, Japanese-ness, and it's a, like a double-A game, so it's not like the kind of polish you would expect from a huge release, but it's got some Incredible uh, cutscenes and uh, like very detailed cutscenes and and well crafted and a lot of interest. It's quite one of those open world games. It's basically if you want to draw very very uh, approximative comparison lines, it's kind of the GTA of Japan. Um, mm-hmm. And and you can do like go to karaoke, have bar own bars, manage them, have girlfriends, um, and the story is compelling. So that is like a weird thing that doesn't quite exist anywhere else in that flavor. So I can mm-hmm. see how you and many other people would be looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, they're fun. The last one I played and I honestly if I could tell you what the subtitle was, I, I would i would but i don't know it. i don't remember but i really enjoyed it it was fun the only complaint i had is the save uh there's no auto save system in it so yeah you have to go to those complaint. phone booths it does yeah it doesn't it doesn't tell you that you're not really prompted to do it there's probably old yakuza fans who knew, who've known this forever but i didn't know that and i ended up playing like two and a half hours of that game without saving died and then started <laughs> over but i liked it enough to keep going i, I really did like nice. it and i and, and and your comparison to gta japan's gta is a is a fairly good one that's a good comparison yeah. but the, stud- the only thing you don't get is cars essentially yeah yeah pretty much you run everywhere but um yeah it's a fun over-the-top cheesy thing that that i'm glad it exists there
0: you go scott likes a japanese japan japan japanese thing um that's a first and uh they're coming to game pass i believe uh they're being released one at a time the the first and second episodes were remastered and that's the yakuza 1 and 2 kiwami um and they're coming like weeks apart i think the first One is already available or something like that. So if you have Game Pass um, on uh, the console on Xbox, you already have access to at least one or two of them. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. February, the weird uh, Media Molecule Project Dreams, which is already available in beta, is coming on the 14th. And by the way, that game you can buy it now at a reduced price because it's still in beta. Um, It will be full price when it comes out. It's more of a platform than really just a game. Uh, Street Fighter V Champion Edition is coming on the 14th as well. That's an update to Street Fighter V, which uh, includes all of the DLC. It's actually already available for those who own Street Fighter V as an add-on, but it will be released as a kind of boxed one bundle product on the 14th of February. On the 18th, there's a Bayonetta and Vanquish special edition that are coming. That's uh, uh, older games that are also very much uh, uh, cult followed, maybe even more Vanquish. I think Bayonetta is is more well known in the West, but but Vanquish has a um, cult following here, certainly. And uh, that's, you know, those platinum games that started at all um persona 5 scramble is coming out on the 20th and that's a so in the world of persona 5 a um dynasty warriors type game is the closest thing you can approximate with and then on the 28th iron man vr is coming to the playstation vr as an exclusive maybe timed exclusive but at least uh uh you know for now it's playstation vr and maybe forever i don't know that for certain they haven't communicated on this and people have been saying that it's um kind of a good game surprisingly it's it's compelling being iron man in in vr um Mm,
1: yeah so i think that looks really cool everything i've seen about it it seems neat you know everyone's always chasing down what is the uh, killer app for vr so far i feel like beat saber is the only thing close enough to what you would refer to as a cross platform killer app everyone has to have. Um, but it'd be nice to see one of these more narrative driven games. Uh even if it is for a big giant property, everybody knows it'd be nice to see one of those gain some traction. So I'd love to see that. But as as far as the month goes, I think the one I'm most interested in watching, um, having already played Bayonetta and Vanquished, I think Dreams is the most interesting. It's been in sort of early access beta forever and really interesting things come out of that. Those media molecule guys are insane. And um, I want to see what that looks like in its final form. That being said, I, I'm a terrible person to try to get to buy console games in the year that we're getting new consoles. I'm terrible. Like, I just, I, I, my brain turns off. It's a little like getting a new phone. As soon as a new phone's announced, the one in my pocket seems old and busted. <laughs> and that's how it feels right now. Like My PlayStation, as soon as, as, soon as that PlayStation you know, 5 was announced uh, or the Xbox uh, Series X was announced, In both cases, I just went, oh, well, I no longer care about my consoles. I will wait until those new things come out. I'm not spending a dime on any other games until then. I don't know why I do that. It's a weird thing.
0: Oh, it's understandable. I think the uh, backwards compatibility of the next consoles makes that uh, purchasing decision a little bit easier in this uh, generation, or the next one at least. And um, there are a lot of compelling games we're going to get to, which I think might get you to rethink that policy. Um, Mm -hmm. But Dreams certainly is a weird one. For those who don't know, Dreams is kind of a um, more of a tool than a game. There will be a game experience in it, but um, anyone can create basically anything, mostly games, but experiences. And the things that people have created... In that early access beta, because the game is available, uh, it was available to a select number of creators before it's become available to a wider public now uh, for a few months. And and people create incredible things. Mostly, it seems what's been getting uh, uh, headlines is recreating something that approximates something that exists or in, in a franchise that people like. But I'm very curious to see what people will make with it. I think I'm going to get it just to have it at that reduced price and and see what happens once it's out, especially since there will be a single player like a campaign type thing. Um, But it it is certainly one of those intriguing projects that uh, people in the know keep an eye on. I don't know how mainstream is going to get though. And Iron Man VR, I I also agree, I'm looking forward to, um, I don't think it's going to be anything like a killer app. It's, it's going to be something that people who already own um, the PlayStation VR are going to be interested in, especially if they like Marvel, like I do. But um, still, you know, the same issues of PlayStation VR apply. You have to plug it back in, probably charge the controllers, all of that crap. So yes. we'll see how that goes. Correct. Sure.
1: March. I'd like to see that come on the Quest, by the way.
0: The what? Oh, yeah, on the Quest. That would be awesome. For sure. That would be great. So, March is the really crazy year. Like, um, May isn't bad either, but uh, April, like, now we're entering the three months of craziness. Uh, On the 3rd, Final Fantasy VII Remake. On the 11th, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. On the 13th, Neo 2. On the 20th, Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines 2 on the 31st. Persona 5: The Royal or Royal, um, which is coming out worldwide. It's already available in the, in Japan, and sometime in March, Half Life: uh, Alex, which mm. uh, again we were talking about VR. You wanted the killer app? There you go.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, most excited about two of these games. Uh, maybe three doom eternal is on my list for sure but i kind of know what i'm going to get there but Ori and the uh, will of the wisps is a highly anticipated title for me uh again that will not be on a console i'll play that on my pc and will be part of game pass it's already there for preload so i'm very excited about that um same goes for oh there's something else that month that's coming there but anyway the other one i'm this is not gonna be a shock to you animal crossing new horizon it's all I care. <laughs> It is the game of March. It is 100% the one I want to play the most. My Switch Lite is ready. It's got a big open hole ready for it to land and s- install itself. Let's go. I'm ready.
0: That's, you know, I was mentioning Pokemon, joking that it's not a game for me. Um, <laughs> I think Animal Crossing New Horizons. Well, Animal Crossing in general is a thing I, I just don't get. Uh, yeah. But I mean, lots of people love it. And that's great. It's just, I don't,
1: I. I it's not me but I know you, you're I a big fan so that's cool I don't know why it's so for me it just is and always has been and I've always been intrigued by it I, I can't get enough of it I try to find games like it in the meantime like I spend all year going oh what's something like this because <laughs> they're not doing another one for a while and then when they finally do one I just soak it in my kids all love it so we all sort of like swap stuff in the game and visit each other's towns and all that and it's yeah. just, I can't get enough of it. I love it, love it. So, and everything I've seen from it so far looks like a, this one's a real step up from previous iterations. It looks super strong. And yeah, that's all I yeah. care about in March, honestly. I, I wish I care. I mean, I care about all these things, but that is my number one,
0: weirdly. You're certainly not the only person waiting to be ripped off by that crook, Tom Hook, <laughs> Nook, Tom Nook, uh, the mayor who will, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah I'm screwed.
1: He's, he's taking all my money. That's what he does.
0: Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm I'm surprisingly uh, waiting for it, and I, it's one of my anticipated things. Not the most, but I thought I would not really care about it because I never care about. Well, I rarely care about old things being made new, um, mm-hmm. especially in the world of gaming because I've played them before. Just like you said for Warcraft Three, but I'm I'm kind of curious. Uh, to see how they're reimagining it there's a demo that should drop fairly soonish. there's tons of leaks that have been um uh, uh, that we've been seeing about a demo coming fairly soon and it looks like kind of like uh resident evil 2 was a really good remake of the first of the the original one this one looks like a reimagining that that a lot of people will be interested in uh, getting their hands on. So that's one I'm going to be looking forward to. But honestly, it's like kind of like you. Um, well, maybe not for Animal Crossing, but Doom Eternal. I know what I'm going to get, but I really can't wait. The the yeah, 2016 so- Doom is so... Like you get a specific type of experience that you don't really get anywhere else. And my body is ready for it. And uh, it looks like... Doom twenty sixteen on steroids in adrenaline mode, and that that's something I'm really excited for.
1: Yeah, I uh, you're not wrong. I'm I am super excited about that game. Um, I think that my current obsession with all things um shooters, like hey, I've, not only have I been playing Modern Warfare, but I've been playing a lot of re- I've been revisiting and playing um oh, my brain just went dead Star Wars Battlefront two, that game's b- real good, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. and ha- has done nothing but get better since it's very controversial launch. But anyway, uh, I'm just in the shooter frame of mind. I hope in March I'm still feeling that way because I, I I also look forward to Doom Eternal. Yeah. I can't wait.
0: And then there's uh, Half-Life VR, which it's kind of a peculiar thing for me because I have an Oculus Quest and I can link it to my PC via the um, link, you know, uh. uh functionality but my pc is not powerful enough to run it however in february shadow pc is going to release an update to its service you know that's the cloud gaming pc which you can install anything on um and there are ways to play vr on those devices on those services i guess and uh, the update is going to include a 2080 uh, rtx 2080 graphics card um, so, the computer is going to be a lot more powerful, and it is definitely going to be able to run uh, the kind of uh, games that require a lot of power, like Half Life uh, Alex. So we'll see how well it runs, but it it I'm definitely going to try it because I don't think I'm going to upgrade my PC by then. Maybe next year I will. But if um, the Shadow PC works well enough, and it kind of does already now, the uh, latency, even from Finland, um, because the servers are, I guess, all over Europe, but not in the country... Um, it it is definitely playable, so we'll see how well it works. But if it does work well enough, I might hold off on on buying on another PC for a little while longer. So we'll see. But
1: um, yeah, I uh, should mention too that Alex is is planned for multi platform release, just not that first launch. The first launch is well, the Steam VR. And then no, 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 no. no.
0: It. It's it's available for everything. It's going to be available for all the headsets, just not the uh, Quest itself. But if you have, uh, you know, you connect it to your PC with the link functionality, your, um, uh-huh. your Quest is considered to be a Rift and that works but my problem is my pc isn't beefy
1: enough to run it that's no i get it i i was under. i'm my, i must have misheard i miss i thought they had said that the quest was a was a lock that they were doing a version for the quest and, uh, as a standalone unit not as not linked so i, I got that, it that, that that's yeah. bad info i got bad info
0: it's uh well I, I, they want to sell this thing as much as possible <laughs> and, and certainly the valve uh, vr headsets aren't numerous enough for that. I mean, it's not going to be available on, on PlayStation VR either, obviously, but... Um, right, right. Uh, so that's March. That's already a big one. Then April, uh, Resident Evil 3 remake on the 3rd, Cyberpunk 2077 on the 16th. Oh. Trials of Mana remake another remake uh, that's Seiken Densetsu 3 for those uh, Super Nintendo or Super Famicom um, fans out there on the 24th I remember playing that oh my god it was like um, Final Fantasy 3 which was actually Final Fantasy 6 in Japan and Seiken Densetsu were the two most incredible, uh, RPGs, uh, of that era, uh, Gears Tactics on the 28th. And at some point in April, Minecraft Dungeons, which looks surprisingly cool. It's a Diablo-like in, in Minecraft, Minecraft style.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it looks cool. Um, it, from what I can tell, like, I don't care about regular Minecraft at all at this point. I'm sort of done with that. Um, but I would be all down with, uh, this this whole thing you know i love action rpgs this could be pretty neat the graphics look neat it looks very actiony um it's the three-quarter view which i like i like voxels um uh, in theory this is for me so i'm i'm pretty jazzed about that game actually of of everything you've mentioned so far for that month outside of cyberpunk that one's maybe the most interesting to me gears tactics a little bit because i like tactics games it just Mm -hmm. needs to be good um but you know as far as that being the ip for a tactics game i don't know that may not work or it may but minecraft dungeons is high on my list Excited well
0: and there are a lot of people uh anticipating resident evil 3 but of course cyber, cyberpunk 2077 we can't uh swerve to avoid it if even if we try um that's going to be on everyone's playlists uh come april 16 i'm I'm one of the very few people in the world who didn't love The Witcher 3, so I don't have that emotional attachment to CD Projekt as a developer. And um, I'm, I'm very intrigued, very interested in Cyberpunk 2077, the world, uh, the, 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 the mood, the design, everything looks cool. I'm, I, I, I'm not sure how much I'm going to love it or like Mm. it, but, Mm. uh, and and I'm also not into like immersive Sims, which this seems to be not so much. So it might not be the game for me, but you know, there are always in in genres that I don't necessarily adore. There are games that are so seminal that um, you you end up liking them anyway, or loving them even. And that might be it for me, but um, it's certainly, possibly the most anticipated game of 2020, right?
1: Yeah, what's weird is the Witcher Three is currently enjoying this incredible resurgence, partly due to the TV show, partly due to: well, entirely, the sale due, on Steam. entirely well, due to the TV show. I, I think part of it is there was a sale. Also, I have a lot of friends who are like, "Yeah, I picked it up again because I've forgotten how much I liked it, and all this talk about it made me go, "Hey, I should yeah. play the Witcher." So there's a lot of that going on. So Steam had like this concurrent playership of the highest a single-player game they've ever had, and also higher than the game has ever been, including its launch. Which is just insane. Ten dollar sale doesn't hurt. TV show that's popular doesn't hurt. Like all those things contributed. But it's fun to see them with a five-year-old game that honestly still looks incredible. Um, and that that thing is not aged. It looks amazing. Uh, to, to see them riding that kind of late, late five-year later success as we get close to the release of their big next yeah. flagship thing is kind of fun to watch. So yeah, I'm Something I'm jazzed fun. about all of it.
0: I, i i grinched out a little bit on on twitter a couple of days ago i was like people were amazed that it had a higher concurrency than at launch but it's like it's probably the most celebrated game of the previous generation the the if you had to ask most people what the best game is i think you'll end up with this one getting the most votes it's the best game, quote unquote, of the generation for many people. It's been on sale many times. Like it's it's kind of everyone owns it. Most people have played it and now there's this buzz around it. It's not that surprising that a lot of people who have been, you know, there are people who have been buying it for five years now. Of course it's it's the concurrency is going to be well, not of course, but it's not that surprising that the concurrency when there's that much buzz around it, it's going to be higher than at launch because it became the best the hugest game ever, well, not ever I shouldn't say that, but one of the biggest games um not at launch, it was huge at launch, but it was you know over the next few months and and couple of years that people started realizing how how huge of a success it was so I understand I'm being a little bit of a curmudgeon here, but it's like, it's not that surprising. It's higher than at launch. Like people, everyone has been buying it for the past five years. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but
1: thought I, the big thing for me is this, this is a game that doesn't have microtransactions, a game that doesn't have game as a service stuff. It had a couple of DLCs, but this is now the game of the year version with everything. And that's how it's been since like 2016. Um, and to, and it, i guess it's just kind of proof that a a game company can make really great single player focused games without worrying about all the microtransactions loot boxes games as a service all of that stuff this still can this still can be done and be just incredibly popular long term not that you can't sure. add those other things too i think gta 5 is a good example of extending the life of a game and, and making it relevant for years and years and years so they certainly could but I just think it's, you know, everybody who's like, well, I guess we can't do anything but this new free-to-play ad loot box nightmare of a world we've created. And I think it's just not true. I think it can be done. they are the exception maybe that proves the rule. I I, I don't know.
0: I think yeah there's I mean they're militant about this like we do it for the gamers like for our players we love you and and they're militant about doing it without microtransactions without screwing people over and certainly that's commendable and the expansions you've mentioned I mean Blood and Wine is like an an entire new game um yeah. it's super long super well done so that's certainly an excellent thing I I Do want again not to grinch out. I do want to mention that they get a lot of money from the Polish government, and they pay their their um, employees Polish rates, which are lower than in most countries. uh, And they work people to the bones, which other people do as well. But crunch at CD Projekt is uh, uh, notably terrible. So that's you know that doesn't take away anything of their achievement and the quality of the game and and their respect for gamers. But it's also important to mention that I think when you uh, uh, talk about all of those great things, which yeah, yeah,
1: it's a fair and, point. Yeah, at what cost do they do they have the well, status? And, it's
0: yeah, know. it's it's just a different setting. But anyway, Cyberpunk 2077 is probably going to be huge, uh, already contender for the game of next year and a strong one, uh, even though we haven't really seen a lot of it. Um, We've seen a few demos, a few trailer reels, and also, uh, I mean, John Wick is in it. So that's in itself a win.
1: What else can you ask for than John Wick, right?
0: (laughs) Um, May. Yeah. May is, again, a big one for two games mainly. Uh, on the 19th, we get Wasteland, Wasteland 3, which a lot of people are going to be excited about. On the 15th, Marvel's Ava- Avengers. Avengers, Marvel's Avengers. Ava-
1: Marvel's Avengers. Ma- yeah.
0: Marvel's <laughs> Avengers. Um, and on the 29th, uh, my personal probably game of the year and of all life, uh, The Last of Us Part 2. So mm-hmm. that's a big month as well.
1: Oh, you know what we didn't mention? Sorry, I have to get some props. So uh, you've heard of the game uh, uh, show, uh, sh- ah, show uh, Shogun Warriors. Total, Total oh, War? No, ah, it's it, they just had a huge sale, and they've been doing well themselves now on Game Pass. It came out a while ago. But anyway, the old Commando games is basically this, but set in a Shogun universe, mm-hmm. and it's a very good game. It came out in 2015, 16, something like that probably my favorite game of that year of 2016 I think is the year. Um and it's amazing it's been on sale recently. It's a very good game. Shadow Tactics: Blades oh. of the Shogun, that's it. Okay. Shadow Tactics: Blades of the Shogun. The guys who made that and that game is currently like overwhelmingly positive on on Steam, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh and I highly recommend it if you don't if you haven't played it. Uh they are making a third um game in the Western series uh <laughs> i forgot the name of the damn game well this is great for the show uh oh uh desperados 3 that's it they bought the ip and they're making a desperados game and it is in the vein of what they did with the shogun game and i could not be more excited that got delayed it was supposed to be this year or last year it'll now be in april uh of all of the april things you've mentioned 100 percent the one that's most interesting to me is really yeah way over way more than any of that other stuff except maybe cyberpunk i mean they're gonna probably argue with each other about what i like better but i am such a sucker for like real-time tactics games and i just find them incredibly creative uh so not gears tactics then this one yeah it will that will not be the one i care as much about i mean i'll play it but i'm i I almost forgot yeah for me it's desperados 3 that thing is gonna be cool yeah
0: um all right so
1: didn't mean to derail your month there in May. <laughs> well, you know, of all the
0: months to derail, that is the <laughs> easiest one to to do so with. Uh yeah, so so Avengers and The Last of Us Part 2 unless you have a, a a hidden love for Wasteland 3, but uh what do you think? Are you uh, I mean, The Last of Us Part 2 is probably a lock for a lot of people. Avengers
1: feel like more of a uh,
0: how how good is it going to be really i'm yeah, not there's sure a lot,
1: there's a lot of a lot of questions around that game but i'm hopeful i just i'm just not convinced that it's going to be all that just yet but i really hope it surprises everybody and blows our minds that would be a wonderful thing
0: i think you know i don't think it's going to blow anyone's mind i think that chip probably has sailed um I will say, in the same vein as uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, it doesn't need to be an incredible game because it gets points for the franchise anyway. Uh, it gets points for the franchise, which is fine. You know, it's okay that you're excited about a game that's not as good as another one, but it's in a franchise you like. And what I hope is that they make a competent, destiny like. Uh, well, I don't know that it's going to be Destiny-like, but, like, Game as a Service is what it seems like it's going to be mainly. There's going to be a single-player campaign, but um, the main draw of the game is going to be that long-term thing. And I don't know exactly how they're going to achieve it because you just earn, like, better stuff for your Iron Man. Like, you have better repulsors, and the Hulk has better purple trunks and like i don't know how that's gonna work to get character progression in there but if it's just a fun game that might be enough because it's avengers so uh, for me my my bar is a little bit lower than it would be for you know if it wasn't the avengers if it was just i don't know you know the the superheroes world um <laughs> or, or even like if it was Watchmen with the same kind of thing and you could play like weird lube man, which never got an explanation for what he was. Um right. yeah, so I don't know. It's it's I'm I'm still excited for it, but I understand why I am and why others might not be. But we still don't know a lot about it. Um I've found the um the the what we've seen of the story part of the game at least in the you know the cutscenes and the narrative aspects of it seem very compelling to me the acting is top-notch um mm-hmm. the situations seem compelling you know the uh, fallen avengers and then there's this young girl kamala khan who comes and tries to uh, get them back together or you know motivate them and they're arguing and i don't know i think it could work on that aspect as well
1: yeah I, I i have hopes for that i, I hope they can get it right <laughs> you then, seem very cautious what you say it. i am cautious i really am cautious i mean and and by the way we're reliving we're having a a, a reliving of the last generation here with last of us part two they took so long to get this out that it's now coming out in the very tail end of a console cycle just like last of us part one came out at the tail end of the playstation 3 cycle and that drives me crazy because i know right around the corner last of us part two is going to be remastered for ps5 uh maybe even for people who purchased the first one it'll just play up there and up res or i, I don't know but i that annoys me i always want it for the new hardware oh <laughs> drives me crazy like may as well oh. you may as well, i know what they're doing because they are going to sell a ton twice that is why they're that's why exactly, they're confident yeah. doing such a late stage release and i'm sure that game will be amazing the first one didn't really grab me the story did the Did you played to the end Uh, I played most of it and then watched someone finish on YouTube because I can't stand the gameplay in that game. Well,
0: I worry that that's going to be the same then. Uh, The gameplay seems fairly similar, improved a little bit different, but, you know, it's the same core mechanics, so it might not be for you again. But the the story could be, I will say one thing, Um, it seemed like they are leaning into the darkness of the game a lot maybe even more than the first one which was already kind of dark but i wonder if if either me or the world are in the same you know in a spot where we can enjoy that as much so we'll see how that lands but um i i you know i will buy it twice i'll i'll probably buy it i don't know i shouldn't say that because it might end up being disappointing it's not one of those games where mean i know i'm gonna buy it once at least and and play it a lot um there could always be a disappointing thing that happens there but if it does then i will be i don't know i'll I'll have psychological uh Yeah. yeah like ptsd of, of for
1: the last of us part two not being good yeah so. i mean that game's already good at giving people ptsd of some sort like it's not a <laughs> romp or anything but it'd be a real bummer if it sucked so the one thing pay. i hope
0: for is that they do away with the constant ladder mechanics those who have played the first one <laughs> because yeah. i love the game but it's certainly not a perfect game there are a lot of issues with the game and and the core elements of it like the ex- exploring is fine narrative aspects is Tremendous, amazing, best-of-the-world uh, combat I really enjoy. Uh, but th- that that traver- traversal-type thing with the, the ladders, and no, that's, yeah. that's fine. It, it was okay, but I could do without.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So that's it for uh, May. In Q2, at some point, we should get Dying Light 2, which is interesting. In summer, we get Ghost of Tsushima. And then we get into, uh, essentially what happens around that time is uh, E3, and with E3, we're going to get a lot of other things, probably for the new generation. I do want to mention, uh, unless you have very strong things to say about Dying Light 2 and Ghost of Tsushima
1: other than ghost of Tsushima again late cycle release irritates me um <laughs> oh i'm buying one, it so much yeah it's actually any of the any of the playstation slash xbox exclusive stuff that isn't being ported to pc annoy me because you know in the case of um uh dying light too i can get that on the pc and i'm not you know big deal that's great i'm already sort of on <laughs> a continuing next generation but i just ah oh, don't make me buy a, An old, I don't want old consoles playing my new games. They're not old yet. We don't even know everything about
0: the new ones and the new ones aren't available. They're not old, Scott. I know the new ones will
1: have hardly any load times and be extremely fast at like getting into games and And have ray tracing and stuff. We'll (laughs) we'll get to that. I know enough. That's the problem. Um, So
0: (laughs) many things that are not announced yet that might show up around E3 and possibly be announced at at the very minimum as dual releases for the current and next generations. Um, And possibly next generation exclusive is very unlikely because they want to have the install base to sell those games a lot. They're pretty big games. Uh, And some of them are Nintendo games, so they would show up on Switch. So um, some of them very unlikely, some of them more likely. Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6, very unlikely, um, but you know, they might make an appearance somewhere. Uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild's two, Metroid Prime Four, maybe Bayonetta three, possibly. Watch Dogs Legion still doesn't have a release date, I believe. It's been pushed back. Assassin's Creed, whatever that Nordic thing ends up being called. Ragnarok Kingdom, we've heard a lot of uh, different names. But that is something I'm really excited about. Skull and Bones, another Ubisoft project. Um, Mm -hmm. Rocksteady has a possibly Batman, maybe Justice League game in the cooker. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 has gone silent for a while. I don't think it's anywhere ready to ship. but we might hear more. Spelunky, Spelunky 2, a lot of people are are waiting for. Hollow Knight, Silk Song. Elden Ring has people jumping up and down. We have Flight Simulator that is going to be coming, probably on the next generation. A new Call of Duty. Uh, so, all of those things. And of course, Senua's Saga, Senua's uh, um, uh, Hellblade 2. Uh, Halo Infinite, which we don't know anything about either, besides the title and a couple of my, minor details um all of those could be really huge and some of those could be launch games for the new consoles at the very least as dual releases
1: yeah totally possible um i think you're absolutely right on the on the bethesda stuff there's no way we get those this year there's just i just can't see it we might but I think see we something
0: they don't have a lot of big things coming anymore right yeah so, I mean,
1: after after doom eternal that's it for them for the year yeah. if they don't show something else you're right um It's entirely possible. Like the year that they released uh, Fallout 4, that caught me off guard because we knew there was a new Fallout coming, but when they announced it at E3, they said, and it's coming out this fall. I went, what? Oh, holy crap. So it's entirely possible that an Elder Scrolls 6 or maybe Starfield could, could happen, but the way they were talking about it on stage this year was like yeah well, it was last to, year they know. were talking about it. Year, sorry, they, they yeah, didn't mention year.
0: them and and they have mentioned that starfield should be coming out first after elder scrolls 6 and we haven't seen uh, i'm sorry i mean before elder scrolls 6 and we've seen nothing of starfield like it, really just a logo that's it so it would be very surprising if it came out before 2021 at the earliest but um but tons of things. I mean, we're 97% sure we're going to see a new Assassin's Creed. And given the success of Odyssey, which has gotten into many, many players' hearts, including mine, um, that is something that I'm very much looking forward to. And there's a bunch of other games there, but we don't know anything about them. So we're not going to spend too much time uh, with those. Sure. Halo Infinite, I'm curious about. It could be, yeah, again, a game as a service type of thing. And
1: yeah. Yeah, I have interest in that. Um, especially given the the potential for the PC base of it. Um <laughs> You're old PC again. now. You're you're I you're... really am. I've gone so hard. This is what happens though, every generation. I get to this stage and I am just mm. so hard PC and so annoyed with last generation consoles or I'm sorry, current generation until these new ones come out. <laughs> um that I do this every time. And it's a me thing and I totally admit it. But I I for whatever reason just um have a feeling that Halo Infinite will have greater success given its cross-platform uh, stuff going on. And by the way, one of the reasons I think that the new Call of Duty is doing so well is that as well. And it tells you you're playing with a PlayStation guy, you're playing with Xbox people, you're playing with PC people. You can see who you're playing with and against at any given time and what controller they're using, what, if they're using keyboard and mouse or not. Um, I We are finally getting to a place where that stuff is no longer a barrier. Yeah, And... Uh, I think that Microsoft, if if anyone, will benefit the most from all of this, it'll probably be them. So, yeah, exactly. I
0: think Call of Duty is is getting that success because it's a really good version of Call of Duty. But
1: uh, it's really good. But, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So, a, a few tidbits from CES and other things uh, on all of the platforms. Um, Sony has sold uh, 14 million PS4s this year. That was that's a lot. Um, for this generation. Um, The PS5 logo has been revealed and people are making fun of it because it's essentially the PS4 logo with a 5 instead of a 4. I think, you know, there's something to be said about the consistency and I guarantee you that if Microsoft could have named the xbox the current xbox you know the xbox with a number they would have the problem was when they released the 360 it was the second one and they would have called it the xbox 2 if it hadn't been uh coming out the, at the same time as the playstation 3 and you never want to have a something with a lower number than your competitor and i'm almost certain that's why they didn't go that route and why now we have this weird like oh it's the xbox brand and like if they could have done the same they would have i think
1: anyway i think so too it's a it's a thing i bet in retrospect they look back at and go what are we thinking yeah uh, there, there
0: might be a new Switch model coming in 2020. We've been saying that for a couple of years, so maybe 2020 will be that year. Uh, even though Nintendo is saying not at all, uh, there was a fun concept PC slash Switch game from Alienware at CES. Um, that's essentially a PC they crammed into a tiny tablet with controllers that are similar to the Switches that attach to the side. It, it. We have so few details about this. It's said it's basically a tablet PC that's tiny. And with controllers, that's the whole concept. It works, but, you know, we don't have any idea about the power, the the uh, battery life or anything like that. So I'm not too excited about it. I think the concept is cool, but I don't know that the execution will be all that uh, uh, compelling if it ever actually comes out. Um, Google has bought another studio to work on games. And oh boy, just as a wrap up of the launch of uh, Stadia, they have continuously uh, uh, um, exceeded my expectations for how much they would botch that launch. It was incredible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) games are more expensive, and, like, the the core is still... I still uh, say that the core is very healthy and, and very compelling, but everything around it is completely crappy. Uh, we'll see what happens when it goes actually like free to access. And Facebook yeah. has been uh, acquiring, uh, has acquired a cloud gaming startup called Play Giga, a Spanish uh, company. And that's really interesting because uh, throughout this cloud gaming uh, uh, early times, I've been saying that there are four companies in the world that can do this because they have the servers. Uh, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and Facebook. But of course, Facebook is not interested in that. Except... Now they are, apparently, or maybe they're at least exploring. It's a 70 million euros purchase. Um, That's a lot of money, even for Facebook, if you're just, you know, if you want to see if that would be possible. So they might have a service coming as well. So that's a lot of numbers and and data. Anything that uh, catches your eye? I mean,
1: for me, that stuff's really fascinating to watch. For me, the big thing will be what does in 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 the case of um stadia what does that look like in 2020 and it needs to look better it needs to look a lot like they're super committed and 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 are not just giving us a weird beta product they need to. well you're not
0: gonna you're not gonna have to purchase something or to pay a subscription to access it for one so on top of buying your games which is going to change everything
1: but um. which is the part i hate um it's not that here's the problem. A lot of people have the impression that stadia was supposed to be, or might still be this sort of Netflix for games. So you'll pay some fee and then you'll get a bunch of games. And that may be true down the road where there's just a lot more free games that come with the paid tiers. If that happens, I'm, I am more interested because I don't, I don't mind paying a subscription for access to games, even if they rotate in and out. I'm fine with that. I do it all the time with game pass and PlayStation plus to some degree and, you know, other stuff so that isn't a problem and i'd be i'll be all for that service and that to me is how streaming game services will thrive is when they've got a library yeah well that's me spending 60 bucks per game that is ridiculous and dumb and i'm never gonna do it no (laughs) way
0: we'll see we'll see how things go at e3 but it's very likely that both uh game pass from microsoft is going to include xcloud uh, to some degree and uh Sony's uh, PlayStation Now is possibly going to be beefed up a little bit if they need to. Um, but I mean, I think people could still continue to um, undervalue the strength of Google having this accessible for free. Like, not for free, but from a browser and they have a lot of power to advertise this and to showcase it on YouTube and all of this. And getting like, as I've said before, a two-hour demo of a game that you can launch and and play just from your browser in half a second is super compelling. But of course, the others could do that too. But
1: no, everything just, about the service is compelling yeah. if it's a good value for the end user. And right now, the commercial Microsoft aspect is what. Yeah, yeah, and Microsoft hasn't made this clear yet. But when they do make it clear what their plans are, uh i have a feeling that they're gonna have game the over
0: then game over yeah <laughs>
1: because that value will be more like something like okay well, you can stream it the way St- uh, stadia does that's cool oh did you purchase the game cool you can play it that way or you can download it to the hard drive of your yeah. device uh and you can take it places with you like your pc and other stuff so they that to me is already a more compelling service and i also think yeah. they have i don't know they've got just more experience in the business like Certainly i hope microsoft
0: I hope looks look like from here, it looks like Microsoft is the clear is going to be the clear w- winner of that uh, cloud gaming battle that is uh, coming. But you know, it's going to be a few years because that it, before that is established uh, in many many people's homes. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. And you're not going to buy that Alienware UFO UFO thing PC
1: Switch. Thing, I think. I mean, think. no, unless I mean, they really have.
0: To- I think no, unless summarizes the, the entire opinion about this. They would
1: have to really blow me away with price with capability um i mean if you're just yeah. saying play your steam you know play your pc library on the go uh windows 10 running on that thing there's no that's way the that's the problem
0: that's the problem yeah. it, it's windows 10 and then the games aren't designed for a tiny screen and you're gonna have a whole bunch of issues and you know i want to say the battery life is a problem but really the switch what the, the first model which i have has what, like three hours of battery life on a demanding game. So I hope that thing would at least get three hours. But I, if it does, then it's probably not going to ra- run all the games that you would want to run because they're not available on the Switch because they're too power hungry. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a fun concept, but I don't know that it actually works. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for uh, looking to 2020. I do want to talk about a bunch of games I've been playing um, over the break. I've uh, tr- crammed as many games from last year that I didn't try uh, into my free time, and uh, I played a bunch. So I will talk a little bit about those. First, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Mm. Um, from Software, one of those Dark Souls type things. I mean, everyone knows Sekiro. I played all of those. I played maybe about 10 hours. Um, Sekiro is not a game for me. I beat uh, <laughs> I beat Lady Butterfly, which is one of the toughest bosses in the game, according to every, what everyone's been saying. Um, I beat like, I think three bosses total. You know... I understand it's I, it's just not fun for me. And it's great that it's fun for a lot of people. I don't quite understand why it's not fun for me. But when I finally beat her, I, I banged my head against the boss fight for hours as everyone does. But when I beat her, I didn't feel like that elation of having achieved something. I felt like I was, you know, I, I, I was like fuck you, fuck your mother, fuck your father, fuck all of your family and everyone you know. I hate you and I never want to talk to you again or see you. Like, <laughs> that's that's the feeling I had. Like, it wasn't like even like, yeah, I got you. It was awesome. It, and I think I thought about it a lot. And sorry for cursing if you're listening with children. I apologize. But that that's, you know, sometimes cursing is appropriate. And that is the moment that it felt appropriate for me. And... I think it's. Children rather around the radio. Patrick's about to talk about <laughs> I radio apologize. Games. Sorry. Um, but I, I think most. Because I have played difficult games and enjoyed them before. You know, I was thinking back, and a game like Celeste is really difficult, but I wanted to get through it. And I was really glad when I did. Um, the Valkyries. In God of War are, are exactly the kind of fight that you get in in those uh, From Software games, and I I beat all of the Valkyries and I liked it even though it was hard. Um, there was another game I can't remember that was also very difficult, and and that oh the Mario the last levels of old Mario games, um, no. specifically the uh, Odyssey one is super hard, and it's exactly the same thing. Initially, you're banging your head against the the, the level. And you die like in two seconds if you don't pay attention. And I, when I finished that level, I was like, yes, and I wanted to do it. And I spent hours and hours. And I think the reason why, I don't know that it completely makes sense, but that the, that's the reason that makes the most sense to me, is that in all of those games, you, you learn skills that you then use in those encounters or fights. Or, and there's a progression there. In Sekiro, mm-hmm. the way I felt was that there were some of those skills, but also the bosses had specific pattern, patterns that you had to learn that um, were entirely different from everything you had done until then. And mm-hmm. you, it's like you have a game that you learn, and then you kind of have another mini game of learning those bosses specifically, that if you don't know, you're going to die in two seconds. So it's like re- what you've learned can be useful, but also you have to learn something entirely different with each new boss. And and that feels like a, a cheap way of doing I understand it's not cheap, and I, I understand that the comparison doesn't exactly fit, but I think that's the closest to the way I felt about you know, to why I feel that way about this game. So mm. I don't know. That's that's my report on Sekiro. I might play a little bit more, but and it's fine that it's not for me. You know, different people, different games. I just so many people enjoy those games so much, and I've often had experiences where I I tried more on a game that I actually didn't like at all at first and got something out of it, something amazing. Uh, that was the case for. I guess Celeste, I did like from the beginning, but there are a few, including my game of the year last year, Outer Wilds, uh, which I oh, hated yeah. for the first two or three hours. Hated it, yeah. and now yeah. it's yeah. So that's why I keep I still, trying with I still front need
1: that games. game. I wish I liked that game. I oh, still can't. I'm not there yet, and I know the world. Every, everybody, you included, is yeah. telling me just to keep it, keep at it, and I and I may. But I mean, just I like know. just like me with Sekiro, maybe it's just not for you, but um, yeah, might be. Yeah. I mean, that's why I want to play a Star Wars game, which I still haven't played, because it sounds like Sekiro without the hard. Oh, I'm in. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a lot easier. A lot easier. Um, yeah. But there are, there are yeah. some aspects of it which are, are fun. Sure. So, yeah, Sekiro. Uh, I could spend a lot more time talking about it, but that's, that's my feeling about it. Uh, I also played Children of Morta, which is... A, oh, a, I love that game. It is good. great. Uh, I thought you hated games where you have to redo the thing. Oh, it's the timers that you don't like.
1: Okay. No, I hate timers, but I love uh roguelikes, roguelikes where I gotta yeah. start over and, and but I get the little bit of something cool comes back with me. I love that. One of my favorite genres.
0: I, I will say I, I heard a lot about it. I think it's a great game. I didn't realize how Diablo it was. It's it's really a Diablo roguelite. Um and it's got a lot of other things going for it but the the Diablo aspect of it is great I'm really enjoying that um yeah. and the game itself is is really good great mechanics compelling you have uh game elements that make you switch between the different characters which are really cool um and, and there are two things I would say that are a little bit of a knock against it first I think I'm over um uh uh retro pixel games Pixel art, you know, I think it peaked with Dead Cells. And now I'm kind of, okay, I, can, I, I could live without more pixel art anymore. Um, yeah. And then the first three levels, which you spend a lot of time in, are essentially color variations of the same thing. It's three caves, and it's the same thing over and over again, with basically the same type of enemies. So that's a bit frustrating. But beyond that, the game is incredible. And it's only 20 bucks or so on Switch. I would highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, I uh, can't say enough about it. I love the story bits. I love the narration is really good. The VO is really good. Uh, super compelling to follow what this family's doing. And like you said, the gameplay is Diablo-esque. I think it's great with a controller. Um, I have it on PC uh, is where I've been playing it primarily. It's very, very cool. Uh, uh, if, if you're looking for one of those, that is my favorite one of those this yeah. year. I think.
0: I will say I wasn't as uh, convinced by the family story slash dynamic, but um, it's it's okay. But everyone had been selling it so highly to me that I was like, oh, okay, you know the Bergsons, they're they're okay. They're they're family. Um, sure. But yeah, it's cool. Uh, Bleak Sword is an Apple, Apple Arcade exclusive, so obviously playing it on my phone. Um, really cool game. Very cool. Bleak Sword. If you want to download it, Scott, get it now um, to to when you're going to be waiting uh, later in the day in, in some office. Um, it, it's kind of a, almost a little bit Dark Souls-like. Uh, it's like precise controls and it works really well with your finger. It's like not just... Pixel art—it's like two bit. It's black and white with those gigantic pixels, but it's got some interesting parallax thing that it does. Um, the 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 encounters play sessions are really short, so adapted to a phone. Um, there there's everything in miniature miniature of a cool precision sword fighting game with. Gigantic pixel art, which again, pixel art is not the thing I love the most uh, these days. But the game is really compelling, and
1: and the pixel art is fine in in that one. So oh, nice. I'm actually yeah. uh, currently not. I unsubscribed for a month. Uh, just okay. you're uh, using it a ton, and now I'm making you're making me want to fire it up again. I think
0: thing. you might like this game. Um, and I think everyone would like this game. You know, it's that promise of making phone games that are compelling for um uh, core gamers, and I think that mm-hmm. one manages
1: sure all right
0: i've also played ring fit adventure uh those uh, there are three games i want to mention which i only played for like an hour so it's just really early impressions um ring fit adventure is amazing it is Mm. you know i've heard a lot of people say you know it's game of the year contender for last year with just an hour into it um i i think if i had played it more and played it last year it would have made my top games of the year it is so clever, so well designed. It's a real ex like the two parts, exercise and game, are obviously linked. Like you wouldn't play it if it wasn't to exercise. I don't think, but right. as a way to exercise and as a game in that context, it's really great. Like it's mind and something only Nintendo could do. Like a lot of companies and and uh, people have been trying to make exercise games, and none have succeeded really. This one actually manages. It is an incredible uh, uh, feat
1: that they've managed to do that. I, I love it, and I'm going to play more. Um, yeah, I heard amazing things about that. And I'm, I'm, they, they kind of were so low-key about it. Like, I feel like they didn't make a giant mm. deal about the release of that thing. But it's a very cool concept. It, it really works. Um,
0: yeah. I, I'd recommend it to anyone. All right. Uh, I also tried A Plague Tale, and I only went through, the, like, the first early introduction level. And A Plague Tale, oh, my God, it's so beautiful such a pretty game it's like I w- i'm gonna play it more but uh not a lot to say about it but the mood and everything like everything people have been talking saying about it uh i guess uh the people are right uh it seems like an amazing game um and I also want to mention Wilson, which is a Diablo-like that's been in development forever in early access. I supported them on Kickstarter. It's a French company. Um so is you know a plate tale. But um supported them on Kickstarter, I think, three years ago. The game was called differently back back then. Um it was like Luma, Salsa, something ah. Um, but um if you if you're itching for for a Diablo game, it's kind of the uh illegitimate child of Diablo 3. And um Path of Exile. And oh, much simpler than Path of Exile, it seems from what I've played now. It's coming out in February, actually, but early access is still available, of course. Oh they're
1: uh, that close? I may have to yeah. Get that.
0: It was supposed hmm. to come out uh in a couple of weeks, but they've delayed by a couple of weeks, like now, two days ago, just to get that uh maximum level of polish. And it is, it is, like, it's so much like Diablo. Like, the, the, the UI is copy-pasted from Diablo. It's, like, almost offensive. But it looks really cool. It looks really cool. And if you're itching for a Diablo game, um, and maybe Path of Exile isn't quite your thing because it's too it feels a little bit more hardcore path of exile i think this one might be something you 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 might want to look at it's definitely more complex than diablo 3 it's got that you know sprawling uh talent tree where you can go anywhere and become any type of uh, uh class essentially but it's much simpler much less intimidating uh than than path of exile and uh yeah so it looks pretty good it's coming out on february 13th i think so yeah
1: I'm gonna to have to pick it up. I
0: mean, and I did want to mention, by the way, about Children of Morta. The uh, studio that is that developed it is an Iranian studio called Dead Mage, and they've been um, uh, like summoned to the court in Iran in Iran because they they have uh, gone against Sharia law in a number of ways because the game is feel like feels extremely western like it's completely uh, uh I, i'm gonna say normal for lack of a better word but you know there's no hint of it being a a, a game developed by an iranian the, the things they're saying about it is essentially uh they don't show uh hijabs and stuff like that you know that kind of thing um yeah. and it kind of sucks i i guess iran has other fish to Fry at the moment, but uh I hope they're okay because that that really sucks.
1: Yeah, that bums me out to even hear that. Jeez.
0: All right. Uh last uh stretch, a couple of uh you 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 wanted to talk about Call of Duty, but I guess we did say.
1: Oh, we kind of did, yeah. I, it's just amazing. I can't say enough about it. And I and I um I would also not just alone. tell PC players PC players should not feel afraid to try controller. Uh, games as well it turns out that game is incredibly optimized for a controller obviously it's done so well on consoles Um, you can actually compete really well and also uh, you hot pc people who think you're amazing with mouse and keyboard there will be people controllers online that will work you and you'll have to be humbled and think about your priorities in life so uh, (laughs) well that's because they have aim assist that's why that's right Uh, they have a little bit of aim assist it's not too much though it's uh, and it's off by default but uh, it's not as nearly as much as what people think. It's mm. it's a very good game. The matching so much better than it used to be. Uh, yeah, you make really me want to play it. That between, between that and Battlefront 2, I'm just having shooter time. It's really good. I I played the campaign
0: and, and you know, liked it okay, but uh, you make me want to play it again. Too many games. We have too many yeah. games. Too many games. Um, all right. So a couple of big news items. Uh, Vince Zampella of Respawn Entertainment fame and talking about Call of Duty, of infinite warfare fame, is going to take the reins on DICE LA, which is a side studio from DICE, the They're Swedish, I believe, um, and turn it into an independent studio, not just to support DICE. So that's going to be interesting. But I guess uh, the success of Respawn being bought by EA, they want to uh, get stuff out of that. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield is getting expansions. And that's, you know, they usually release a new version of the game. That's not how they're going to do it this time. There are going to be two expansions. Uh, Bayonetta. Uh, uh, sorry, Platinum Games, which develops Plat- bineta among other things, is getting a, a huge amount of money from Tencent. So they're going to be able to do a lot of additional things, which they already did a lot, but I guess they're going to be able to do even more. Um, and then, you know, the, the regular additions, games... You shouldn't miss. GTA 5 is coming to Xbox Game Pass, as well as Frostpunk, Sword Art Online, and a personal favorite of mine, Tekken 7. Uh, Probably the best fighting game right now. Tekken 7, you can try it uh, for free if you have an Xbox Game Pass.
1: Oh, that story mode is so stupid, though. I agree with you. Of course it is. It's the best fighting game on the market, 100%. Like, I love playing Tekken, but, <laughs> man, that story mode is bad, dude. It is so listen,
0: Listen, uh, the story mode is dumb could be the definition of, of Tekken. So, you know, that's no big <laughs> surprise there. It's You know, it's cheesy, but in a way that is ag- acknowledgedly cheesy. Like, they know how cheesy it is, and, like, all of the family members... Stabbing each other in the back, and each one being worse than the other, and the grandfather and the grandson and the wife and everyone wants to kill everyone. It's but it's fun, you know. You you sometimes you just want to throw your your son in the volcano. And who doesn't? Honestly, listen, being the father of a two year old <laughs> who's full on in in his ter- terrible twos, uh, yeah. I, I confirm that sometimes that is. Uh, and uh finally twitch is offering 10 free games if you've missed the uh 12 days of free games on epic uh well those aren't as good (laughs) but uh you can get them now if you're a uh twitch prime member which you are if you're an amazon prime member there are a couple of games you might want to try enter the gungeon ape out um so yeah don't miss those it's in uh january
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to, to taking advantage of that because that was news to me this morning. I saw that on a feed mm-hmm. and I'm like, wait, wait 10 free games, yeah. let's go.
0: That's why we're here, to remind you of all of these things. And Thanks, that is right. why you are, I don't know if that relates, but you are one of my favorite persons on the internet, <laughs> Scott. Uh, if, if listeners figured, you know what, that's Scott Johnson. He's not too bad. Where might I get me more of that? Of that? Where would well, they
1: go? If you're listening because you love video games, good news because not only do I have multiple games about or shows about games, uh, I have two games that are very specifically about games. One focuses on small indie games. It's called The Boop Show. You can catch that uh, most Mondays uh, at frogpants.com. You can also watch it live. There's a bunch of details there so you can find it. Uh, If you want to have a deeper, longer kind of hardcore discussion about games, the issues around them, the industry, the business, We do that on core, which is over at frogpants.com slash core. And then finally, Patrick and I hang out on a show together called The Instance. You may have heard of it. It's like 15 years old now. And uh, that still happens over at frogpants.com. So lots to catch over there. And if you're just looking to poke me in the middle of the day, try me on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson. That was amazing, Scott. For me, it's. (laughs) Not Patrick on Twitter,
0: Facebook, and Instagram. You can find this show at FrenchSpin.com. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, if you want to comment, go to that FrenchSpin.com site I just talked about. If you have a game you're expecting and hoping will be good, we didn't mention, please let us know. If you have anything to say about everything we said, either uh, because we were incredibly clever or the opposite, uh, please. Go to Frenchpin.com again or, you know, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram as well. I post pretty pictures uh, regularly and that's not perfect for all of those. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye.